Hi, this is Kev Lakes Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I'm delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone by Sue Foley. Sue, are you well? I'm very well, thank you. For the uninitiated, then, you are originally from Canada. And I've said on numerous occasions since I've been doing this show, uh, it's an eye-opener to me just what a big blues fraternity there is in Canada. Were you aware of that when you were growing up? Um, I became aware of it after I got into blues when I was about 15. Um, I think at the time, uh, you know, we're talking the mid-1980s. I think blues was actually pretty popular in a lot of places. And uh, we were lucky where I was in Ontario because a lot of bands came up from Chicago. It wasn't too far. And so uh, we did have access to a lot of Chicago blues and stuff, which was great. Yeah. And like a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years, you were influenced partially by the British blues boom, people like the Rolling Stones and Cream. Um, I was really, yeah, I was, you're right. I was really inspired by predominantly the Rolling Stones. Uh, when I found out they'd been into blues, we read books about them and we found the blues artists. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, I started to see like blues artists that were coming up and playing in Ottawa where I lived and and then I started to go to shows so it seemed like a natural progression there that wasn't never a lot of blues on the radio there's just like one blues show or something that you kind of had to find but that was the, that was the uh you know the joy of this um in a way it was the kind of a joy of, of this whole journey because you have to find the stuff you have to work for it it's not just there in your face it's not being sold to you you have to find it and it was sort of like treasure hunting yeah so you know you'd go you'd go to the blues stores and you know i think we all if we're blues fans we all had this sort of experience which makes this music so precious it's so special and precious because it is like you have to find it, you have to work for it it's not just gonna jump out at you you know it's not being sold in popular culture so uh it's a joy yeah on the show, we have a feature called the Analog Blues Track, where we play something from the 1920s, 1930s. And when we first started doing the show, you were struggling to find tunes. It was um, the Mississippi Shakes or people like that. But in the past mm-hmm. five years, there's so much stuff that's been on earth, whether it's come from people's attics or whatever. And all these gems are suddenly there. It must have been a bit like that for you when you were discovering the blues. Yeah, it was. We were just did all you know when i when i finally started to meet people my age that were into this kind of music we just kind of did our own research and yeah it was fun yeah and it's on record that uh it was seeing james cotton that really inspired you when you were 15 years old that's right that was the first live blues show i saw in a club and that really changed my life because i just think the music is so powerful especially when it's played in such an intimate setting which has always just kind of fascinated me um, so yeah, I never turned back. And that sort of inspired you to go and jam with the local bands. I mean, was there a big local musical scene in Ottawa? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say a big one. It, you know, the blues scenes are never like a big scene. Everything is very intimate. So there was a small scene there, but it was uh, accessible, and everybody was very inviting to me. 
Um, I think when you, when you, uh, it's, I think this kind of music is kind of goes without saying that when you meet other people who want to learn about it and want to play it, the community reaches out to support those people. And that's the, the same today. You know, you see with the blues foundation or people who play the music. If I meet a young person now and they want to play, you're you obligated to help them. Mm. So it's always been like that. It's an, it's an unsaid kind of rule, but. It's, I definitely feel it, and I was I was supported as a young artist by a lot of older musicians who showed me the way, you know. Yeah. In this modern day with the internet and social media and all that kind of stuff, it's so easy for people to get in touch with people. But one heartwarming thing which I saw during, during the research is that you sent a demo tape to Antones back in 1990. And for younger mm-hmm. people... A tape is something you used to record music onto. A cassette tape, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems weird to people of a certain age that you have to explain that kind of thing. But there were people, you know, young people, what's a tape? But, I mean, we grew up listening. I mean, you probably had eight tracks in your car or something. Well, we grew up with eight tracks. Yeah. I don't have them now. Although, although those people, people are starting to make them again. Um but yeah, it was a tape. It was a cassette tape I sent Clifford Antone in the mail. And that sparked your record career down in Texas, didn't it? That's right. And you recorded Young Girl Blues. That was your first album. And if, mm-hmm. if my calculations are correct, up to date, you've recorded 15 albums. Is that right? Uh, I think I've recorded a dozen solo albums. Right, yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's a couple that you did with, like, with Peter Carp, He Said, She Said. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple extra, there's some compilations, so yeah, there's some... That album with Peter Carp, that was one of the first introductions for me to your music, and that was just an eye-opener. How did that collaboration come about? Oh, you know, it's just, we connected, and he was a songwriter, I was really working on my songs, and, uh, you know, we started a correspondence, um... And then it just developed into that. We toured for a while and then went our separate ways. You've won numerous awards over the years. The CD Love Coming Down, that won the 2001 Juno Award. And you've earned 17 Uh Maple Blues Awards. And for people who don't know, the Maple Blues, it's a bit like a a Grammy, the Canadian Grammy, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, it is indeed a Canadian Grammy. And I I also won the, the... Blues Music Awards last year. You did? Traditional female artist. Yeah, so that was pretty special. Recently, you've done a thing at the historic Gunter Hotel in San, San Antonio, where you went to room yep. four, 414, which is where Robert Johnson recorded his tunes. Uh, I did actually see a clip of that on Facebook. The, how do you describe the feelings you must have been feeling when you went into that room? Um... Well, we were all very, uh, you know, honored to be there and uh, excited and, you know, trying to get a vibe and, and play some music of Robert Johnson. And it, was just, it was just something fun to do. You know, we haven't been able to be on the road for a while now, so we're just trying to make up stuff to do, basically. In yeah. the, on the, the clip on Facebook, you're walking through the foyer of the hotel and there's a picture of Robert Johnson there. And I think there's an, an original disc in the case in there or something like that. Yeah, there is. There's like a little display there. And um, 
there's uh, some a record and some pictures. I mean, they, they acknowledge that what happened there was really important. So when you're choosing songs to play and whatever, do you regard yourself as a bit of a musical historian? Uh, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, I just, you know, there's some people that do that really for, you know, for real. I So... I just, you know, I just like what I like. I, I wouldn't say I'm a historian. I wouldn't say, you know, I don't really study things specifically. I just kind of like what I like, and I kind of try to follow the thread, you know. We were talking earlier about collaborations, and your 2018 album, The Ice Queen, featured guest appearances from Billy Gibbons and Jimmy Vaughan. Are these people that you'd met during the course of your touring and career, or would was it suggested that you team up? Uh, actually, uh, some of the, a lot of the people on the album I had known because I started in Austin and I I knew so the, the local scene. People like Derek O'Brien and George Big Beat Reigns, and I wasn't really like close friends with Chris Whipper Layton or or Jimmy Vaughn or Charlie Sexton. Actually, they were pretty close friends with Mike Flanagan, who produced the album. Mm. So Mike brought those guys in, and I've you know since become friends with everybody and and reconnected with the Austin scene. And um, you were saying that because of the restrictions that are in place at the moment, you can't go gigging and touring, which is understandable. So, are you looking towards your next album now? Yeah, we are recording my next album. Uh, that should be coming out early support next year. Um, so that's getting in the can. That's going to be reco- you know recorded here in Austin. Is that um, all original, or are the covers on there? Uh, can you give us a teaser? Oh uh, no, I don't want to give any teasers yet. No. <laughs> okay. But it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of guitar on it. It's good. It's very raw. It's recorded live. Um, but yeah, everything else is kind of under my hat right, right now. And I've seen clips of you on Facebook sat on the porch playing acoustic and we were talking about the Robert Johnson thing earlier on. Do you prefer electric or acoustic? Which do you feel more comfortable with? Uh, I like both, actually. I feel actually pretty comfortable with both. Um, You know, if I, you know, probably my pink Telecaster is my favorite guitar, so I like electric probably a little more, but I feel really comfortable on acoustic. I do a lot of acoustic, so I would say it's about almost 50-50, really. Right. Well, mm-hmm. here's hoping that things sort themselves out sooner rather than later, and uh, when things do settle down and the new album comes out, will you be touring over in the UK? I sure hope so, because we sure love coming over there. Right. Well, we so look, we look let's for... hope we can get out there soon. Yeah. We look forward to that immensely and we look forward to the new album. And uh, thank you for taking the time out to do this and I wish you all the best for the future. Okay, thank you so much. Hope we see you soon. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there and there will be more as we record more for the show and we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show... There is always listen again. I'll see you next time. Take care.